Earlier this week, I wrote a wrote a little article called "Looking at 1980s Gem in 2021," uh, and it was just kind of looking over the old Gem desktop from Digital Research, and I feel like this is important, so I'm going to read it to you. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast. I'm going to read it to you. And I've got some additional thoughts that I'm going to kind of share along the way uh, because I think this is a really important thing. Um, so back in the 1980s, Gem from Gary Kildall's Digital Research uh, was one of the graphical desktop alternatives to Apple Macintosh system software and Microsoft Windows, and one that was specifically designed to run on DOS-compatible systems similar to early Windows in that regard. But outside of a port to the Atari ST line, where Gem was the default user interface, which was pretty cool, like the Atari TT Falcon and all that sort of thing, most computer users never really got a chance to use it because it wasn't that popular. By the time 1990 hit, Gem on DOS PCs was already on its deathbed, having been relegated to being nothing more than a UI framework for running ViewMax, a file manager that shipped with DRDOS. Now, this is actually kind of interesting. So they basically took... This is really a real thing. They took Gem, which was a, a nice little single tasking, you know, uh, I don't want to call it a desktop environment because that's not quite what it was, but it also wasn't quite an operating system. It was, it was similar to what like Windows 1.0 or 2.0 was, um, but it also had some similarities to early Macintosh and Apple 2GS OS. Um, it was not multitasking or anything like that. And because it never became popular, but the DR DOS, Digital Research DOS, was still selling well, they built a file manager inside of Gem and then shipped that as its own like thing like so ViewMax was a file manager using gem it was a full gem desktop but it was just kind of tweaked to only run that one application right when launched right so it became a lightweight kind of like a ui toolkit which is which is kind of fascinating and really there's nothing stopping people from doing that nowadays because gem is open source now so you could take it and and build an application you with a ui toolkit inside of gem and then ship it and here's a dos application with uh you know all the all the cool little features that gem gives you anyway so here we are more than 30 years later gem has long since been open sourced called free gem with the full source code available under the gpo which is really cool uh in the article i linked to uh, uh, the repositories and all that stuff go go check it out there's even a distribution of free gem called open gem and you can download the binaries for open gem and run it on just about any dos you can imagine free dos ms dos dr dos pc dos whatever uh pretty much any semi-modern DOS, which I know is a weird thing to say, but <laughs> we'll work on it work just fine. Uh, whether it's on a virtual machine or, or on raw hardware or even just in DOSBox. It works great in DOSBox. Um, so you do this and what you're greeted with, and I have screenshots in the article, go check the article out, but you're, what you're greeted with is, I mean, it's a very functional and very recognizable system. It is very Mac-like in many ways. The menu bar is across the top. Drive icons um, are by default uh, down the uh, uh, down the right hand side, starting at the top. You double click on the icons of drives or folders, and those boop boop they open up in a window. Uh, you double click on software uh, to run them or or files to to open them in the default file. Like open a text file, it pops open a little text file viewer. 
right? Super easy, extremely recognizable. Like everything about Jim is instantly recognizable. Now, Jim, Jim was single tasking, one application at a time, a lot like the early Macintoshes or, the, or an iPhone, right? Uh, a large portion of the user experience and look is <laughs> truly very customizable. Colors and the style of the UI elements, all of it. There's even a built-in editor for creating system icons and customizing your mouse pointer, uh, which you can make look like whatever you want. Um, so you can go in there. <laughs> it's really fantastic. I, I feel like a lot of a lot of operating systems have gotten away from the ability to really customize the look and feel of your system, right? Like especially the Macintosh side of things. Uh, you know, the 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 later Macintosh gets, the older it gets, uh, the the less Apple likes you to customize your look and feel. And uh, to me, that's a major bummer. In in Gem, you can really tweak the heck out of it. I mean, you really can. You can make it look as ugly or as beautiful as you want for the most part. And, and I just, I love that level of customizability to truly make, to truly make a computer your own. I find it odd when operating systems don't allow that sort of customization. Uh, but, you know, that's just me. That, that's just me. For me, I identify so closely with the computers I use that I want to be able to make them, <coughs> excuse me, I want to make them look how I want to make them look. Anyway. So this general look and feel was possible more or less back in the late 1980s. Now we're talking before Windows 3.1 here. By a good couple of years, this came out, um, the, the latest version that, that we're using for Gem here came out around the same time as Windows 2.0, right? Which I mean, was a long time ago. And I got to be honest, honestly, Gem looked better at the time than Windows 2.0 did. I think I think that once Windows 3.0 and then especially 3.1 came around, they started looking significantly better. It had a lot more functionality, including multitasking. A lot of people don't really give Windows credit for that, but Windows multitasked from version 1.0 onward. It really was a multitasking system, and, and Gem really was not. So, I mean, that was definitely a limitation. And, and, to be clear, to be clear, we're talking about limitations. There are without a doubt some very serious limitations to running Gem nowadays, right? In 2021, oh my gosh, uh, one application per time is a very serious limit. It's also extremely limited in the number of existing software packages. There's just, there's just not a lot of software that was made for Gem. Uh, and equally limited options for developing new software for the system. Because, I mean, let's be honest, with with it being free and open source under the GPL and, you know, running so well under FreeDOS, the idea of having a, a, a FreeDOS plus FreeGem, OpenGem distribution um, is appealing. I mean, that's kind of an appealing thing, right? Uh, the downside there is there's just not a lot... <laughs> There's not a lot available. There's no great visual WYSIWYG development tool sets or or anything like that for Gem. I mean, it just it just never got that mature. Um, but it would be cool if it did. And you can see the potential quite clearly. It's clean, it's lightweight, and it's highly customizable. And it would have been really interesting to see where digital research might have been able to take it if things had gone a little differently in the industry. Um, I mean, I, I've talked about the late, great Gary Kildall before. I mean, he's a, he's a, 
He's someone I, I quite admire within the industry. I think he's a fascinating person, and, uh, and he accomplished some amazing things from CPM onward. And it, it would have been interesting had things not happened like they did with the original IBM DOS agreement that, that IBM reached with Microsoft instead of digital research. Um, man, what would have happened? I mean, would, would Jem have have continued forward and, and become something truly, truly spectacular and different? I, I think probably. I think probably. And that's that's a that's a major bummer. Now, after Jem got the axe, right, after it was done, uh, by around 1993, Atari, which had the rights to continue development of Jem completely independently of digital research, released a multitasking version of Jem known as Multitoss, right? Um, uh, and this is, this is kind of interesting because when... When Atari made the deal with Digital Research um, to put to port Gem over to the Atari line of computers, uh, the 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 original development work was mostly done by Atari engineers. A lot of them on site over at Digital Research, like they they sent Atari engineers out to the Digital Research to work with them to port Gem over to Atari to the Atari side. Um, because it's not Atari, it's not, you know, uh, digital research, it's not a gem sitting on top of DOS, right? It's sitting on top of, you know, the Atari TOS and the Atari system. So anyway, um, so Atari had the deal where they could keep developing it if they wanted to. And they did. Uh, and boy, it boy, did they give it upgrades. So, uh, so the original uh, gem, black and white icons. They added color icon support. They added multitasking. They made a bunch of additional software packages specifically for the Atari-based gem that never came out for PC and gem, right? It was a, its own thing. And it was really, for, for 1993, it was actually pretty powerful for the time. And it was a good indicator, I feel like, of where gem development could have gone. And this is a fun side note. The multitasking Atari Gem Multitoss was originally started as a personal project by a guy named Eric Smith. It's really a personal thing. His goal was to bring some of the GNU tool chain over to the Atari ST line of computers. And after he started working on it, he realized that to make it easier for himself, what he should really do is he should develop an extension to the existing Atari TOS, the Atari operating system, uh, to add some Unix-like functionality, right? And so he did that. He named this component, right? This essentially this this extension to the Atari operating system, Mint, which was a recursive acronym, kind of like GNU, right? GNU is not Unix; it's a recursive acronym. He made it, killed it, Mint, which is uh, Mint is not TOS. <laughs> so it's yeah. Another nod to the GNU side of things. So then Atari saw this and was like, "That's rad." That's basically what we want to do anyway. So they hired Eric, brought Mint in-house at Atari, and eventually rela released that after they beefed it up some as Multitoss, right? Um, which was now the default system on uh, on the Atari TT line, or the Atari ST line. And now what's what's interesting here, I thought, they called it Multitoss, right? Old Mac users will remember when multitasking got added into the Macintosh system side of things, what was it called? MultiFinder. <laughs> yeah, just kind of, it's like that was kind of a thing. Add the word multi because, you know, it runs multiple applications at a time. And 
There you go. And and if go go check out the screenshots. Because really it if you customize the look and feel of free gem or open gem, you can actually get it looking pretty nice. The the only few tweaks I would really start to make are things like the ability to have color icons and and a few additional bells and whistles, much of which had already been added by Atari to their version that became multitoss. So I wonder like if you got a if you got an open source version of of uh of mint, right? Of of multitoss and and started really updating it from there and kind of backporting some of those changes over to the PC gem side of things. I don't know. I don't know how doable that is cuz I don't know how closely tied the multitasking functionality of of gem was in the Atari version to the hardware. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much it relied on, on custom hardware there. Uh, but in theory, if you could port some of that back over to the, to the PC version, woo, I mean, all of a sudden gem becomes a really, really interesting system to use nowadays in 2021. I mean, yeah, we don't have a big network stack for it. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's still limited. I mean, it was still built in the 80s uh, and then updated by Atari in the early 90s, right? So we're talking, I mean, we're talking about, you know, abilities that are really on par at that point with Windows 3.1. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, I mean, but in from my opinion, that's plenty because you've got multitasking, you've got a full graphical operating environment, you've got a networking stack and you're good to go. So if we could get that far with Gem, that would be fun. That would be fun to have an open source DOS-based thing like that, put together a little distro around that. Oh, yeah, baby. Um, but anyway, uh, I just I think it's interesting to look at because there really is a future that could have been here, not just from the Atari side of things where they, you know, I feel like if things had been a little bit differently and handled a little bit differently, those Atari desktop computers really could have gone somewhere. Um, but also just gem on the PC side of things. Man, imagine where, say, just five more years of development. Imagine where it would have been. Wh where would it have been compared to Windows 3.0 and 3.1? Where would it have been, heck, compared to Windows 95 and Chicago and all that sort of thing? It's, it's kind of interesting to think about. It's interesting to think what would have happened. If just a few things in the history of computing were just a little bit different, if if IBM had tapped digital research instead of Microsoft, would we be talking about the the digital research and gem monopoly instead of the Microsoft Windows monopoly that we talked about for so long? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, and and if it, if it were, how would it, how would Gary have handled it? Gary was a very different guy than Bill Gates. Very different guy. I mean, if any any of you who watched the Computer Chronicles, you know, Gary Kildall, he was to put it to put it simply one of us. And it would have been it would have been really interesting to see where he took things. Anyway, uh, so head over to lunduke.substack.com to, to read that article, to check out the screenshots, and honestly, download the darn thing and try it out. Just plop it into DOSBox or FreeDOS in a, uh, in a virtual machine or something like that and just try it out. It's 
There's not a lot of software available. I link to a few places where you can download existing gem for the PC software. It's like a couple of packages. So you've got like a word processor and a paint program and whatnot. So you can you can put together a reasonably productive little desktop, but I mean little is the key word here. There's just not a lot available for you. Uh, you know, whereas in just DOS or Windows 3.1 or everything, you've got like a billion software packages. Not not so on the gem side of things. It's it's pretty limited. It's pretty super limited, but it is very cool to just putz around with. And I hope you give it a shot. Anyway, I hope everyone's having a great time out there in the interverse. Hope you're doing something really fun and nerdy on this beautiful, beautiful day. And I will talk to you all manana. That's Spanish. I think.